What's Shaking Cartel? Um, back in episode 75, I had Mr. Todd Cave on, and it's one of my top episodes, and uh, I just decided to get him back on because, you know, he, uh, him and I talk back and forth pretty frequently, and uh, I just thought he'd be able to come on and drop some more truth bombs about the Bible, and uh this is exactly what he did here and you're gonna have your socks knocked off as, as he said so uh yeah it's 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 a really fun ride we get into a lot of different things um but mainly the bible so um i'm gonna just tell you guys or actually ask you a, f- a big favor um if you're listening on spotify click that star give a five star review or be honest, give me one or two or three or four, I don't care. Uh, but it just keeps me in the algorithm. Uh, I have like 24 stars on Spotify. And I also need you guys to, uh, if you're listening on Apple, give me, again, one to five star review uh, with a little blurb. Uh, it doesn't take very much time, but it helps keep the show growing and... Uh, your boy Davey, very happy. And Nigel, too. Don't forget Nigel. Don't forget me, cartel. See? He loves you. Uh, anyway, uh, enjoy the episode with Todd Cave, and, uh, yeah, you know what to do. Smoke a couple joints, have a couple beers, maybe, kick back, relax, and enjoy the show. Thank you. Welcome back, cartel. I have returning guest... Mr. Todd Cave on here again today. Uh, I wanted to get him back on because he's got a lot of biblical knowledge and I just kind of wanted to uh, drain that out of him tonight. And uh, welcome back, Todd. How you been? Hey, mate. I have been well. Um, Just doing a lot of work on myself and just watching the world get crazier and crazier, you know? And just sitting back in the distance and just observing because, you know... The, the disciples asked Christ, uh, how shall we know when the end is near? And Christ mm-hmm. said, you shall know by the signs. And we are definitely uh, seeing loads of signs. So definitely I would say the end is near. But we don't know the time or the hour, but we do know that the time is near. So yeah. this is why I tell people all the time. I, uh, I, had, um, I was at work the other day <clears throat> and this guy was sending a, uh, handing out tracts for his church. And I stood there and we were, we were quoting scripture together, like, like at the exact same time, you know what I mean? Like it would, the same scripture would come out of our mouths at the same time. And it was like, sound, it sounded like it was in stereo. It was just a wild moment to experience. Like it was, yeah. it was so cool. It, it, Cause I, I asked him, do you think we're in the end times right now? He's like, Oh, for sure, dude, you know? And then we started yeah. quoting scripture together and it was just like, it was like, whoa, like we could both feel like the hair standing up on, on our arms, right? It's pretty wild. Absolutely. I have no um, doubt that we are in the end times right now because um, the great sign is heaven um, was spotted on September 23rd, 2017. And that is a star alignment and it talks about um basically that 
that is going to be the countdown for the, for the end times. And um, we even had um, arch, a cardinal or archbishop in the Vatican Church called uh, Archbishop Vaticano. And he confirmed in October 2020 that the great sign in heaven was spotted. So what I, what, how I know that I have great confidence in the things that I say because I use the system uh, of confirmations. So if I have different sources saying the same thing and that are not connected, my confidence in what I'm saying is the truth increases. And Archbishop Vatigano, for him to confirm that the great sign of heaven was spotted, uh, he also uh, said that there's a faction in the Catholic Church he calls the um, the deep church uh, because there's no other word or f- words you can use to describe that faction. The, the but, deep church or deep yes, church? Deep church. Okay. okay. So he, he uses that term because um, he says that the deep church or the faction in the Catholic church that um, basically they worship Satan, they um, are working with the deep state to bring in the new world order. Oh, I see, I see, I see. Right. So this is why he calls it the deep church because we have something called a deep state. It coincides with the deep state, right? Yeah. So I guess it was a a quite fitting term to use. So even in the Catholic church, there's a split um, between the forces of good and the forces of evil. Sure. And basically what these guys are doing is that they are trying to basically ushering this new world order which is not what a lot of people understand what it would look like i mean what i would say is that i use a lot of scripture to confirm um the things that i see and i talk about and in abu dhabi um we have the three uh abrahamic religions having their places of worship on one plot of land and that is for the jews the muslims and the christians Mm-hmm. And even the Pope and uh, has has said that there will be a, a new religion, a one world religion. And my understanding is that those three religions are all actually been, have been captured and mm-hmm. they will fuse, they will merge into one. So a lot of the um, Muslimin, most of the Jews, most of the Christians on the, say, the layman level, they, they have a very just understanding of what they read, but they don't understand mm-hmm. profoundly what is really, really happening. And sure. they are all going to be used as cannon fodder and they will be used as just guinea pigs to usher in this new world. Because as we can see that things are moving very, very quickly, we are having um, talk of universal basic income. We're having talk, which will be the, 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 the opening, the door, to the one world currency, which will mm-hmm. be in the form of a um, digital central bank uh, currency, which will be programmable. It will be be able to track, trace, and database your every move. And um, the whole jabs um, pandemic, as I call it, was only the, the, the beginning of what was to come. And this is where they talk about the mark of the beast. No, right. It was like a, like a test run to see how many people would comply in taking the future mark of the beast. Absolutely. Yeah. And 
what it is now is that because powers that shouldn't be have been basically planning this for millennium this is this is not something that is just um you know thought up maybe a few hundred years yeah it's a long game it's a long game yes because like i like we spoke about in our first podcast where we talked about the anunnaki and stuff um these guys from what i have read and researched are the owners of this planet they own it lock stock and barrel and they do that through their bloodlines, which are the principalities, the heads of state, um, the central bankers. They, they're all in this clique because, as I said in our first podcast, the kingship was lured from heaven to earth. Right. And they are the ones that taught us these forms of government. They taught us about money. And this Make is why... Like, I'm lost, enslavement. Absolutely. And this is why, like, a lot of people, they don't understand that we have, I call them the three religions, the three main religions, which is the religion of money, the religion of government, and organized religion. And all three of these basically lead back to the Vatican. And this is why the Vatican has a lot. I think they said that if you, all the underground chambers would have a have a length of i think 50 miles long from memory all of these are artifacts um because they're all like you know in a very close corner but they're they're all like um snaked around you know so if you stretch them all out all the the information they have artifacts books everything it would i think they said it would be like 50 miles long and when you read the book of enoch the book of enoch talks about um all all sin and blame should be placed on Azazel. And Azazel, um, it appears to, is the prince of this world. He also has another um, title that he goes by called Gadreel, G-A-D-R-E-E-L. Now, if you take off the R-E-E-L, you're left with Gad. Gad right. sounds very, very close to God. Mm-hmm. So this is how they kind of like usurp, um, you know, I mean, meanings of words and titles and just play a little bit of jiggery porkery and get us to um, to worship them. Uh, as this, is, well, this is why I do not like giving, I don't even like calling God, God, I call him creator. Yeah, I, I say the I mother, like father, you. God. Yeah, I don't use, I don't like using names because I don't want to be incorrect <laughs> well this is why i say like the mother father god universal consciousness the eternal spirit you know what i mean whatever word you want to use because you are right because there's a book called um this book i can't remember which book in the bible this book i'm going to call references but it is definitely referenced in the bible but more in the torah because it's in hebrew right and it's yeah. called the wars of the lord or the wars of yahweh or the wars of jehovah and in this book um it shows clearly that they invented these terms in order to um put us in mental slavery so mm-hmm. excuse me so basically it says that they invented the term lord 
Lord God and God in order to usurp the um, the universals, the great spirit. Because in that book, they don't use the word God for what we consider as God. They use the term the great spirit. And the people that um, are close to the great spirit, they call the, the theist. And basically, they sat down and they plotted how they could try to trick and corral us into worshiping them. And mm -hmm. this is where these titles came from because Lord means master, right? Mm -hmm. Now, in the UK, we have something called the House of Lords. We have people that are called Lord this. Well, I am actually a Lord. I actually just bought the title Lord because I bought a plot of land in Scotland. Uh, no shit. <laughs> yeah, a one meter square. <laughs> Lord <laughs> so Dave. Yeah, actually, yeah, for real. Um, because we're using the Scottish law, and it says that uh, landowners can be um, have the title Lord. You just have to pay um, a few bucks for it. And I'm waiting for the paperwork to come in the mail. But yes, um, I can actually use that to uh, put on my passport and put on other formal documents to say that I am Lord Cave, you know? That's awesome. <laughs> I know, it's wicked. So when you go to the airport, you'll be like, now nah, before Lord Cave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I just thought it would be a bit of a fun thing. How, to do, how much know? land is it? Is it like, uh, how much, um, how much uh, acreage? Uh, nah, it's a meter square. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, it's just to get the um the title. Because oh, okay, there's, okay. A, there's a statute in Scotland that allows landowners um, to adopt the title Lord because, as I said, Lord just means master, right? Right, right. And what they did is that in creating these words, they have usurped and sidestepped the great spirit. And even in that same book, um, the people that would you would say are equivalent to people of Christ consciousness, uh, they say this. Um, they said that no matter how much you oppress the Thavis, no matter what you do, take away from them or be hard with them, they will not leave the great spirit. Mm. And so what they do is they just, they just subjugated them, right? And they, they, they sat down. I think it was two of them that sat down and they worked out the, uh, the, the blueprint on how they could usurp the truth. I use trickery and jiggery porkery playing with words and names and stuff. <clears throat> uh, like, like I said, so when you see in the Bible, especially Old Testament, Lord, Lord God, or God, um, most likely that is not the great spirit, right? Yeah, yeah. In, in fact, there is a, um, a, there's a story in the Old Testament that is the exact same story one is in Second uh, Samuel, and the next one is in Second um, Corinthians, I think. I can actually bring up the the exact. Oh, so now. one from the Old Testament, one from the New Testament. Uh, actually, I can. While we're talking here, I can. Well, Samuel in the Torah, and uh, uh, Corinthians is in the New Testament. Okay, so. I can actually tell you exactly where it is because I actually sent it to my mother and my and my and my actual mate. So it's second this, this Samuel. Goes back to determining the actual attributes of God, like we discussed. Absolutely, in the first show. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So it is second Samuel, ver, uh, twenty-four, verse one, chapter twenty-four, verse one, and the next one is sorry, 
First Chronicles chapter 21, verse 1. And in one of them, it says, again, the anger of the Lord, and, it, and Lord is in capital letters, all caps, was kindled against Israel, and he incited David against them, saying, go, number Israel and Judah. Now, the reason why he told him to do that is that that is to do a census. And the purposes of census is for taxation. Hmm. And taxation, as we know, is a form of theft. Right. Theft, Which is not God. Correct. Right. Not the spirit. Right. And this is Second Samuel chapter 21, verse 1. I remember I said, and again, the anger of the Lord. Now, first thing first, the anger. No, God is not that. Correct. Now, listen to this. In First Chronicles um, chapter 21, verse 1, it says, Then Satan stood against Israel and incited David to number Israel. So, ah, uh-huh. this is a, pointing out exactly who was there in Chronicles. Correct. So yeah. you see the same story, but just in different books. And I actually looked at it in Spanish, and it is the exact same um, translation. Kind of, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the exact same. So I wanted to see if it was only in the English version, but um, I looked it up in Spanish, and it's exactly the same. So I have no doubt that it is in all the other languages as well. Now, I brought that up to say that that term Lord was invented by them, right? And in yeah. this situation, that Lord Master was Enlil, right? And we yes. know that Enlil is Yahweh. He is Jehovah. He's Al Shaddai. And he is the one that um, is the God of the Jews. Now, when he um, also, when you read in Second Samuel, when you read further down, it's so mad because you would think that this God is god quotation marks is schizophrenic because after david went and took the census he in the further down the passage it comes back and he said and that he was sorry that he went and numbered the people and asked god for forgiveness so yeah so when you read it you would think huh but god told him to go and number the people but what they do now is that because they are the ones that wrote the bible and they're the ones that created this term Lord, they can interchange to, to Lord with God to make it look like it's the same. But in this situation, when they said God, it was actually the great spirit because he realized that he was tricked, right? Yeah. So it's very... Uh, uh, Causes confusion. That, correct. And it was, it was written like that uh, on purpose because... The Bible was not meant to inform. It was created to deceive. But at the same time, while there is a lot of deception, there is a lot of information that is good. You just have to look at the attributes and be able to pick up the nuggets that, you know, make sense, you know? Right. Basically, uh, when Christ said that tree will bear no fruit, we know that... um, the tree refers to a person, right? So that's why he said, you look at the fruit of the tree. You mm-hmm. look at the attributes of the person. And in this case, you would look at the attributes of God. 
So I sure. always say, I always ask, which God? <laughs> because yeah. as we said in our first podcast, there's more than one God, right? There's multiple, yeah. No, listen to this. This is great. There's also Michael, and there's also Beelzebub and all those fucking assholes in there. Well, I'm very glad you brought him Beelzebub because this one is going to rock your socks. Okay. So you, know, you know that we just had a little bit of a controversy with uh, Balenciaga. Balenciaga, yes. Uh-huh. So when you actually put in, um, when you separate Balenciaga and you put the spelling of Bail Ball with two A's, Balen. So bail, N-C, E-N-C-I, and then aga, it means um, bail is king. And we know that right. bail is Marduk. So the thing is, is that what we have is the best way to describe it is an international criminal cartel syndicate, which is fighting against themselves to win us and the earth as their prize. And bail... Baal, Belzebub, Marduk. Um, he's also known as uh, Moloch. He is actually um, the one that is re- the owner. He's the controller of this planet right now. This is why the Bible is called by Bull, by Baal, by Baal. He was inst- he was instrumental in writing the book. So this is why you have. Jews and you have Talmudic Jews. The Jews, which are just like the normal Jews, they're the ones that worship Enlil, Yahweh, um, Jehovah. But the Talmudic Jews, they worship uh, Marduk, right? This is why um, you, you we know that the, the, the Talmud was actually, I won't say written because it was an oral tradition, but it was birthed in Babylon. And Marduk mm-hmm. was the chief god in Babylon, right? Mm-hmm. So you can see that there's not just one faction here. And then you go over to Islam. And then Islam, now is the exact same thing. Um, because their, their, their texts are just as bad. Like, I mean, there's one text here. Um, I give people the receipts. It's Sahih and, and again, and again it, it's... Like all holy books, it's there's truth and lies in each one, right? To, to Absolutely. People, right? Absolutely. It confuse no, them, yeah. The thing is, Islam is the absolute worst religion on planet Earth. Like, we can criticize all other religions, but Islam is the absolute worst. There, There's a guy on YouTube, I don't know if he's still there now because there's so much sense to it, um, Bill Warner. And he has a channel called Political Islam. And he's a scientist. So he sat down and he went through the entire Quran and looked at um, verses that are negative or bloodshed or anything that's just not positive. And the mm-hmm. thing from memory is like high like 66%. Dashing babies upon the rocks. <laughs> Pardon? Like dashing uh, babies' heads against the rocks. <laughs> and, uh, that was that equivalent. Little- yeah, that that's when, when I first like got into the Bible and stuff like that, people were like uh, criticizing me. They were saying, oh, so you believe in a God that dashes he- uh, kids' heads against rocks? And I didn't know what to say, you know? 
Because I didn't know the attributes of God at the time. This is the thing. So I'll just read a few receipts here and tell people where to look um, to go and find these things. Because these are all the books, right? Because we didn't touch on Islam, but I'm very well versed in Islam as well. So we have a lot. He, I think from memory, Bill Warner said it was like 65% or were just negative verses. <laughs> you know what I mean? 65%. Yeah. That's a, That's lot. a lot of confusion. Yeah, absolutely. So listen to this one. Sahih Muslim 126. And I quote, I have been commanded to fight the people until they say there is no God but Allah and Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. So if he's been commanded to fight, now this is what people don't understand. So even this is in uh, the, script, the, the, the Christian and the Jewish uh, texts. Why God, who is omnipotent, omnipresent and all-powerful, would need mere mortals to go and fight on his behalf. Exactly. Right? There's no logic there, right? Yeah. So and then, not to mention kill. Well, exactly, right? When it says thou shalt not kill. This is it, right? And there's one another verse um in there that he talks about um he would just he would like to be a martyr. Um this is a um a verse that um, is in the, the 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 hadith, and it says that he would basically like to be martyred, come back to life, and be martyred again, and come back to life, and be martyred again. Does does that sound like um, a positive attribute for a god? Not right? at all. Yeah. Exactly. You know, so people then even in the in the in the Bible, there's there's rape in Deuteronomy, chapter twenty, verse one to fourteen. Mm. Right. Yep. There's sex slaves in Exodus, Exodus 21, um, chapter verse seven to eleven. Right. You know, so there's a lot. Then, then you have like um, verses like, "Your wives are places for sowing seed whenever and uh, however you wish." This is in the Quran, chapter two, verse two, two, three, two hundred twenty-three. So we have <laughs> verses like these. Yeah, you know what I mean. It says you can go as you wish, whenever and however you wish. Right, you know. Then, then there's even worse things like this, where um, I think someone asked Muhammad, "How would you know if you have your consent from woman?" And he says, um, "A woman's silence confirms her consent." I mean, he also, <laughs> has, he also has sex with a prepubescent girl. You know what I mean? He yeah, married her at yeah. six, uh, had sex with her when she was nine. Right. So there's there's a lot of yeah. like, peace, peace stuff. be upon him. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> There's a lot of bad stuff in all of these books, you know, right? Yeah, dude, the Talmud has that one uh, description oh of how Jesus is is in hell boiling in a hot hot pot of excrement. Oh, mate, I can I got some Talmudic quotes here for you, man. That again, talks off. Let me bring that up, no, because I I wasn't really gonna bring the talk about this, but it just like flawed, right? And it, it, it's just sure. terrible stuff, man. You know what I mean? It's just terrible stuff. So, Sanhedrin fifty nine a murdering Goyim is like is like murdering a wild is like killing. Oh, sorry, murdering Goyim is like killing a wild animal. So basically, all non Jews are like are wild animals. Yeah. So we're animals, right? <laughs> you know. So listen to this. Um, Yab Hamoth. 
11B, sexual intercourse of a girl is permitted if she is three years of age. Holy shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? This, Thank this you. is like this, this is mad stuff, right? Abodaha Zara 26B. Even the best of Gentiles should be killed. Right? So I have pointed out the three is um Abrahamic religions, all with terrible stuff in it, right? Yeah. So I always say that religion is just like a cult, right? And in Islam's case, it's a death cult. Now, Christianity was a death cult before until the Reformation, but they're all bad, man. They're all bad. It's still a cult. It's still a cult, right? Yeah. And for the record, Cartel, uh, you probably know by now already, but I do not belong to any uh, established church. I don't go to church. Um, I also had somebody ask me today about uh, my podcast and what I believe in. And he said, he asked me, so what, what do you believe in then? Like what, what religion do you follow? I said, I don't follow any religion, but I am a Christ follower. And he said, okay, so like Orthodox or, and I said, no, none of that. <laughs> you know, it's like people can't get it into their head that if, if you're a Christ follower, you must be a Christian or you must be part of a church or this and that, you know what I mean? Well, the thing is, right, is that to be a quotation marks Christian today, you have to ignore every single thing that Christ said, right? And Christ never, ever, ever preached a religion. Right. He taught, he taught basically two things. Love your God with all your mind, your heart, and your soul, and love your neighbor as you love yourself, right? Yeah. Basically, all he did is he preached love. Yeah. Right? Love is the answer. But this is why the system that we live in and in religion teaches fear and hatred. Mm -hmm. So you've got one in, in the head of the Jews, we, the Goyim, deserve to be murdered. In the head of the Muslims, they believe that they've been commanded to fight the non-believers until mm -hmm. we submit. Mm -hmm. And then Christianity had its phase of conquest and trying to save the savages when, when we had colonization. So all three of these have the exact same energy and consciousness, which is hate, right? And it's, it's, it's very sad to see, but you see what it happen, has happened is that they've, they've indoctrinated us to hate ourselves first. Because this is why I tell people all the time, you can't give someone something that you don't already have. Precisely. So if you hate yourself it is impossible for capital I, capital M, for you to love another person because you don't already have love in you, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And if all you have is hate, hate means that you're coming from a place of fear. Coming from a place of fear is a negative energy and emotion. So you can't come from a place of negativity and expect to produce a positive result. It just mm -hmm. can't happen. It is a 100% failure rate. And I sometimes have to sit down and, excuse me, ask myself stuff because, you know, I'm like, like everybody, I'm human and I get moments where I feel a bit down and I would sure. allow negative thoughts to take over. But 
I snap out of it a lot faster than I used to. And this is something that I... And this is a conversation I have myself every week. Now, I say I know that if I continue thinking about this particular thing or like in this way, I have a 100% failure rate that I will feel worse. Now, if I stop thinking about that, because in most cases, it is beyond my control, I have a chance that I can allow love to come in. Because energy is neither created nor destroyed. It just is. And what you can do is shift energy. You can't destroy it, but you can just shift it and move it. So if you remove love from yourself and your consciousness, you will allow fear, negative negativity, and hate to replace it. So... In order to allow love to come back in, you have to work on yourself by overcoming your fears and your traumas. Because if you don't, everything in this system is on a hate, negative, guilt system. If you, and fear, if you don't pay taxes, the government is going to show up with guns at your door and demand its pound of flesh. Yeah. Religion tells you if you don't do this thing, you're going to uh, live in hell forever. And you're going to be burning in hell for her. Okay. And then if you don't have money, right, it means you won't be able to do anything and you would not have a good life. So the fear of not having money is what drives people to commit acts of violence, do prostitution, sell um, hard drugs, you know what I mean? Kill people, do bad things, you know? Just so promote all- fear and hate. Correct. It all comes from fear and hate. Yes, it all comes from a a consciousness of lack of mentality and thinking that there is separation from God, the Great Spirit, Universal Consciousness, whatever word you want to use. It's the same thing, right? It is through that consciousness of lack and separation that we believe that we are just these little, small, mere, measly humans. But in reality, we humans are masters of the universe because hue means light. And man, because you're a man, right? So human being means light being, right? Light man being. I'm surprised that uh, the word human is still able to describe <laughs> who we are they haven't captured that word yet you know well that is why there is the agenda to one of these jabs because you're technically not human anymore once you take them two mm-hmm. you will that. you will become cyborgs because you'll be merging with ai and machines you would literally yep. have um like through graphic yeah you you will become a cyborg right so then you won't be a human being anymore so they're definitely working on that. That's for sure. And what they're yeah. doing is they're doing it through various forms of religion. Because I said that there are mainly three religions, right? Religion of money, religion of government, and the religion of organized religion. Now, the word religion comes from the Latin word called um, relegare, which means to hold or to bind, right? Oh, and what religion does is that it holds and binds the minds of its followers. Just take this pandemic. No matter how much evidence you show someone, they will absolutely deny it because they are in the cult of the pandemic, right? Right. 
There are people that up to this day are still wearing masks. Yep, right? I see it every day. Dude, I'm going to give you a story here, right? A few the guy that ago, asked me today at work uh, about what I told you, that story I just told you about how, like, what's your religion, this and that. He was wearing a mask while he was talking to me. <laughs> and his fucking glasses were fogging up. I'm like, how can you see <laughs> with your glasses on and they're fogging up because you're wearing a mask? <laughs> Why am I not surprised? Dude. Oh, that's crazy. There's a, I have a friend, right? She's a nice girl. Uh, we went for coffee at time. This was like early, early in the year. This was like probably January. And I was telling her, basically, this whole thing is, 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 is rubbish, right? I yeah. explained to her what masks do. I said to her, I gave her some evidence in the sense that I used to be a civil engineer and a tunnel engineer. And when we work in confined spaces, which a tunnel is classified as, you have to pump air from the surface into the tunnel because we use uh, oxygen meters in there. And okay. when the oxygen level because normal air is between uh 19 to 21 percent oxygen right you got and science when, folks real science yeah and when the 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 oxygen meter goes below 17 percent you have to get vacate the tunnel because at that point you can um, you're breathing in your own carbon dioxide not only that you can actually pass out for continual exposure right mm -hmm. you could because obviously we have like a safe limit, like below, if you go, when you're going into 16 or 15, that's like extremely dangerous, right? Now, I said to her that I saw three tests that were done with three different people using the same oxygen meter and people and putting a tube on the end and sticking it underneath a mask that was being worn. And in all three situations, the the level of oxygen was between 16 and 17%, right? Now, when you're working, and this is an international code, right, for tunneling and confined space, if you are below 17, you have to clear, vacate the, the space because if someone dies in that space, the company will get sued and people can go to jail. Sure. So why would you uh, willingly wear something on your face that replicates the same environment as a confined space and you know what I mean it can be very dangerous to health because it causes brain cells to die etc this is why people that wear masks long term will continue to wear masks because they're actually killing their brain cells oh, so yes yeah real talk I explained all of this to her she nodded her head she says yeah 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 Makes sense. When we got up from uh, having the tea, because she had coffee, had tea. She put her mask she put right back. back on, she put back on her mask the same yeah. exact way. I walked out without the mask because that was the time still when they were still pushing mad for masks and stuff. Sure. So I just used to put it under my beard as a beard warmer, right? Just to. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I, I went to get in, I would put it on properly. And as soon as I'm in, beard warmer. You know? Yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I explained all of this to her, and bless her, she got back up and put back on her mask the exact same way. I walked out of there without a mask, right? And I was just, like, shocked. I was like, damn, 
I just explained to her everything, you know, and she still did the exact same thing that I was telling her that she shouldn't do. So my point is, is that everyone is in a religion in some form. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, the things that they're getting us to do to ourselves is making us even more and more stupid. Yeah. And this is why the son of man, which is us, we need to rise because the time is near. And we don't know the time or the hour, but we know that the signs are here. And well, this is why I, I tell people all the time. Yeah, I definitely feel that that one passage in the Bible that says Satan knows his time is short. Therefore, he's ramping up uh, what he can do to us light beings quicker and quicker in order to get us to comply with uh, the arrival of the Antichrist. Yes, and I'm glad you mentioned that because I was talking about in Abu Dhabi where they have the three houses of worship for these three Abrahamic religions. Uh, At the very high levels of each of these religions, they know that they worship Satan. They know. But at the lower levels, people don't know. So what's going to happen is that they're going to try to usher in their God, right? Mm -hmm. Now, I would say that it most likely will be Marduk because he seems to be the one that has the most control and influence on Earth now. He wouldn't come with that name, though. No, he would come with a new name. Yeah, he would come probably with the last name, like Ben David or something like that. (laughs) Something, man. It can be something that's going to look unifying, right? Because all three religions are going to telling us, oh, well, you know what I mean? For the sake of humanity and coming us together as one, we worship one God because all the God is the same, but nah. When When you look at these texts, the gods used to walk amongst man. Excuse me. And basically, that time is going to come back again. I have a very, very high confidence that we will see in some time in the future, not so far away, spaceships, very, very tall beings. Mm-hmm. We will see things that are just not of this world. And I do believe that you know, people that are not prepared for these things, it will shatter their mind, right? Um, there's also a passage in the Bible that says uh, men will see things where their hearts will fail them or something like that. Absolutely. That is yeah. exactly the passage. Yeah. And some people... If says, you're not prepared for it. Well, yeah, because you need to do the work on yourself, you know, and all religions will, their followers, their minds will be blown, their hearts will be crushed mm-hmm. because according to all mainstream religions, aliens don't exist. Sure. So can you imagine you're seeing a 20 foot or 30 foot tall being some sort of a spaceship just hovering in the sky because you know what I mean? If you watch things like Gaia and Secure Team 10 on YouTube, 
disclosure has already been made. It's just that mm-hmm. people have not just woken up to that fact yet, you know? Sure, I, sure. Last like, what do, what else do we need to disclose as aside from them showing themselves at this but point? Even, but there's the thing. Even if they show themselves, a lot of people will still not believe, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because, like I said, you, it doesn't matter right now how much information, how much evidence you show someone. Their minds are split. So because of the, cognit- the cognitive dissonance is very, very strong, they will deny it. And mm-hmm. this is why, I can't remember how the passage goes, but it says, um, shame on those who have been shown and basically um, negate it, avoid it, and bury their head in the sand. Yeah. You know? And 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 that's what's going to happen uh, in the great future because we're being slow walked and conditioned to have no connection with God at all, right? And this has been something that they've been planning for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. This is why Scripture says that there's nothing new under the sun. Yeah. Because we've had many many resets, but yeah. according to Scripture, this is the final one. There will be no more after this because. Honestly, dude, I don't want to come back and repeat this. This no. the way we the way we live now. This is not living. This is slow torture, man. You know. Yeah, I was listening to. Um, I've been listening to a lot of Iron Maiden lately. The band Iron Maiden. Okay. And uh, there's this one song I was listening to today, where the character from the song, which is what Bruce Dickinson was singing as the character saying like uh you know can i should i just die and come back and then die and come back and then die and come back and then die and come back through reincarnation or is there a way to end this game it's a trip man and i was like holy shit i don't want to keep coming back man i want to go to "Quote unquote heaven, whatever that is. Like I don't, and I, and hell, hell would be the complete absence of God and love, right, and truth, basically. Yeah, I just don't want to keep coming back. I just want to go where my spirit came from and stay there for eternity. The thing is, is that." What we need to understand is that we are immortal. The body can die, but consciousness cannot die. We cannot actually die, right? And what is used to control us is fear. We live in a fear-guilt-based matrix. And when you understand that, you realize that everything is built on fear fear means false evidence appearing real fear Mm -hmm. is for the most part fear is not real what it is that we think and perceive it to be real so because we are co-creators and we are a fractal of god so we have the exact same powers we create the fear to be real everything starts in the mind the all is mind and the universe is mental. This is what Hermes Trismegistus put in the Kabbalion. 
as above, so below. And what people need to understand is that whatever is going on here is going on in the higher realms as well. Because right. you can't have peace and bliss here and war in the heavens. When they say heavens, I just mean higher levels of consciousness, the sky, you know what I mean? Because what we perceive as heaven is not really, really heaven. Heaven is not one of these places that's just like this magical place. The, the, the It appears to be different levels of consciousness and different realms. And the higher you go, the more spiritual they become and the more energetic they become. Right. Here is the lowest level of living, right? The absolute lowest level. And what's going to happen is that until we start to work on ourselves, we start to heal our fears and traumas, because we all have those, and then we have loads and loads of them. But until we actively start and work on them, we will continue to um, condemn ourselves and keep mm -hmm. lowering our vibration. This mm -hmm. is why Christ said in the high priestly prayer, for, for I am in you and you are me. Actually, I can bring out the proper thing here because I like to give people the receipts, man. You know? Sure. Because the high priestly prayer is very, very... So he says here, this is what Christ says. He says, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me in the world, so I have sent them, which is us, in the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they, us, also be sanctified in the truth. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who believe in me through their word. Because your word casts spells. Your word is what creates the reality as well. Because when right. you hear, when you if you talk negatively about yourself, you hear it, you believe it, you mm -hmm. will self-sabotage to have a confirmation bias. So I go on. He says, I do not ask these only, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who believe in me through their word, that they, us, may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I am in you, that they, us, also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they, us, may be one as we are one. I in them, you in me, that they may be perfect, may be perfectly one. So, that is what I call the high priestly prayer. Christ said it three times, right? just in different ways that we are in the father the father in us and we are in one right just like christ exactly because you got to think of christ as <clears throat> like a big brother that just yeah. trying to teach you hey todd well you know what i mean you do this and you can become your perfected self like me right because even he said that they be perfectly one and that is where you would become both male and female because in the beginning we had no gender. We had no sex. We were androgynous. We were both male mm. and female. Yeah. So when I say male and female, I don't mean in, genital, in terms of genitalia or sex. I mean in terms of energy because everything yeah. is energy. Yeah. So masculine energy is very orderly, strong, organized, 
struck is very structured and it's it, it loves like rules and order feminine energy is more nurturing kind compassion compassionate and loving right now what we need to do is become both male and female so that we have order logic structure but then we have this the, the loving energy of the feminine to balance that order because what can happen is that too much male energy can become oppressive it needs the right. feminine energy to balance uh it this is and, why feminism fucking sucks well feminism just means hatred of men. <laughs> that's basically yeah. just what it means right the, yeah the actual the actual feminism way of thinking because it's it's just another agenda right yeah, look at the attributes. It's very anti-man, you know. Yeah, and they like they want equal rights, but at the same time, they're willing to uh, put men down and hate them. Right? It's like <clears throat> it doesn't work that way, dude. <laughs> Feminism is a bit strange because in history, the men are the ones that fought wars. And the men are the ones that did the most difficult jobs, right? Mm -hmm. Now, it's not that women can't do those jobs, but men are more suited because we're physically stronger to fight wars and to do hard jobs like being a mechanic, being a welder, maintaining infrastructure and stuff. Now, the problem that you have... Some women can do that, though. But this is it. There's, I, I don't have a problem with women doing that, but it's not yeah. their default nature, right? Sure, sure. It's like women are better suited to be nurses than men because of the nurturing, loving energy that they have. Right. Men, yes, we can be nurses, but it's not our default. You understand? Yeah. So when you look at look at it, Men and women are built differently and they have different qualities and different strengths and different weaknesses. You can still be a male nurse and still be an alpha male though, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You can still look you could still be a, a construction worker as a woman, lift concrete blocks, uh, cast concrete. You know, I mean, there's, there's nothing wrong with that, right? Yeah. What I'm saying is that most women would not gravitate to that. Sure. Less like most men would not gravitate to being a nurse. But there's absolutely nothing wrong with it, right? Yeah. What we have... Is you don't have to call have... a male a fucking fag because he's a nurse. Absolutely. Yeah. What we have is that we're trying... The, 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 the minority of people that would like those things, they're trying to indoctrinate everyone that that should be the rule and not the exception, right? Right. Because you have men that are a little bit more feminine. You have women that are a little bit more masculine. Those are the exception and not the rules, right? Sure. But in trying to make that the rule, it means you're reversing the natural gender rules. Right, right? which is what's happening all over right now. Correct. Well, mainly the U.S., but... Mainly, mainly, mainly the West, mainly the West, right? So what is happening is that we are creating a false reality of equality because men and women can never be equal. Women can always give babies and men 
will always have the seed to produce the baby. Right. So, we don't have we don't have butt babies. Let's make that clear. Right. We men don't have uteruses or fallopian tubes. Women or don't wombs. produce yeah. or wombs. Women don't produce semen. So what they've done is that they've tricked us with the word. This is why you need to look at the etymology of the words. This is why I think, to be fair, I think English has been created to make us dumber, right? <laughs> and they hide a lot of truth in the meanings of the words, right? So when you look at the etymology of equality, men and women can never be equal. Now, what I tend to use as I use the word fair right because fair means that i can treat you as a woman fairly i can treat a man fairly i don't have to treat you equally because the, it's, it's 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 like it's like a quagmire because sure. what they would do is that they would say well i need to be treated equally excuse me but yes i can treat you fairly right but then when you use the word equally then you can come to the side and say what well, men and women should be equal how can we be equal? Men will always be stronger than women. Always. It's a, pipe, it's a pipe dream. Correct. So even in the words they use, they dumb us down and make us stupid. So that's why I never use the word that men and women are equal. I say that men and women should treat each other fairly. Because fairly means then that you can treat the person the way you treat yourself. Sure. And remember. You can't give someone something that you don't already have. So if you don't treat yourself fairly, how can you treat someone else fairly? Yeah. It's impossible, right? And it so doesn't you, mean that you, if you tend to have more female tendencies when you're male, it doesn't mean you have to chop off your dick. But this is it, right? And what they've done... If you're a woman. You know, I've always wondered, how does that work? Do they actually get fake penises? <clears throat> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that was always like a bit. Because I never delved in it because it was never something that interests me, you know. But did you hear <laughs> about the famous uh, Russian doctor who does um, male to female transitioning? He's a no, surgeon. No, but I heard that they they they, they pull the willy inside out, no outside in, to create a a. a I guess a channel. Yeah, but the but the the Russian doctor's name that does these surgeries. Guess what his name is? <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Kachikakov. Oh <laughs> no, just a joke. Yeah, I had yeah. to say it. <laughs> Such a topic. I had to say it. <laughs> <laughs> but it would surprise me if it were true because look we need to be careful with the words that we use Definitely. because our words cast spells and our words are what create the reality because whenever you speak to yourself well it first starts in the thoughts yes but when you say things badly about yourself you hear any it. yeah and all intention is brought through through language right correct so if you if you uh you know slam somebody through your language then you better make sure that your intention is in the right place 
And the thing is, yeah. right, is that when you slap someone, death on people, even if you're joking, or some people would. I had somebody tell me the other day, "I wish this person would just fucking get cancer." And I'm like, dude, be careful what you're saying, man. You know, that's just going out into the ether. This is the thing that a lot of people don't realize. Judge not lest ye be judged. And that's when right. you judge others, you are really judging yourself. Because and I it will you, be brought to you tenfold. And you are me. Correct. I am you and you are me. Because yep. like Grace said, we are one. So when you treat people harshly, when you say bad things to people, you're actually saying it to yourself. This is what a lot of people don't realize in the world today. The world is a manifestation of a collection of thoughts that we all have. And if we all think in negative ways or in fear uh, through trauma, it means that we will manifest that reality, which is why we had lockdowns, which is all these people are just a reflection of ourselves, you know, because we want someone to tell us what to do. We want someone to be our Lord, master, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. instead of being the master of ourselves because people don't want to take responsibility, right? This is the, one of the biggest problems we have. If you take responsibility for yourself and what you say and what you think, you will go a very long way in actually living the life that you want. Because if you think, thinking negatively, has a 100% production of something negative. It is impossible to come from a negative place and produce a positive result. Right. Now, on the flip side, when you think positively, you give your science the ability to create the possibility to have a positive outcome. It mm -hmm. won't come immediately because if everything, I have to admit this to myself because sometimes I wonder like, oh gosh, man. How long is it going to take, you know? But then yeah. I always have to say, but if it were to be very, very easy, then you wouldn't value it, right? Mm -hmm. You have to have some sort of a struggle, some sort of a pain, some sort of a difficulty, some sort of a challenge to go through. Because you know when you overcome it, then you've truly grown. You can appreciate what you have. But if you just get given everything easy peasy, you will never value it. You will never yeah. know what is struggle. You cannot know what love <clears throat> is unless you actually had pure pain. Well, you can't yeah, actually... let's let's look at trust fund trust fund kids, for example. Uh, I've met a trust fund kid who, you know, and he's just very lackadaisical. He knows that he's gonna get a shit ton of money when his dad dies. So why the fuck does he have to do anything to struggle to make anything for himself? But this is it, right? And this is the way the universe works. The universe rewards those that are brave, takes action, commits, and works hard. And as they say, easy come, easy go. So most of these trust fund kids and people that come from wealthy families, not all of them, but there's a high percentage of them that one, they're very arrogant people and they believe that they're better than anyone else. Actually, and to be honest, the one trust fund kid that I met, he was really super sweet guy. Well, like I said, most, not all. Yeah, of them. yeah. There's some that are 
super you know, like, sweet, very, very inquisitive about other people's lives. Like, how are you, how are you, man? You know, like everything. Okay. You know, very sweet guy, but also didn't give a shit about making his life anything because he knew that he was going to be rich one day. If his dad died and his dad was one miserable fucking prick <laughs> because he was making money all the time. And he, Oh dude, this guy was so bad, man. So mean and cold. But his son was complete opposite. But this is the thing. Like, money... Money should just be seen as a tool. And really, for what it is, it's just energy. Uh, Energy allows you to do certain things in your life to make your life easier or more comfortable. But unfortunately, money corrupts. And this is why... We call money Babylonian magic yeah, because it was invented in Babylon under Marduk, right? Right. And he basically used it to um, help to create a system of lack, a lack of, uh, uh, of separation. Because if you don't have money, you get stressed, you can't eat, you can't live, you can't do anything. Mm-hmm. So you will do anything for this money. This is why money is one of the biggest reasons why other people kill why other why people kill people. And marriages fall apart. Yeah, I think I think they said something like 70% of marriages fall apart because of money. Mm-hmm. Some weird, some mad statistic like that. Now look, look at this, look at it, look at the drug game. In the drug game, if you don't worship money in the sense that you 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 don't let it take over your life, so you don't cheat and steal. For the most part, you 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 will be okay, but those that want it so much that they want to go and kill for it, then it shows you then that it just takes over, right? And not only not only uh, directly kill Todd, but also you know dealing drugs to people and uh. The, you know, potentially killing them from overdoses, and also people who uh, sell their souls to the system and do uh, black magic rituals. Let's say, like, this guy comes up to you and he says, Take this red coin, but if you take the, and you will be rich, but if you take this red coin, somebody else is going to die. You won't know who it is, you don't know how it will happen. But there will be a sacrifice for this, for you having a better life. And most people be like, okay. Yes, this, this, this is the sad reality because you don't get something for nothing. Mm-hmm. And money is used to keep us in bondage and in mental slavery because the way they've set up the system they've created an environment where you just only have enough in order to do the basics. And because of that, you are constantly um, chasing more and more money. This is why people talk about, excuse me, the mark, but that it could be written on your forehead. But in some sense, we already have the mark, all of us. Because for a lot of people, 
money is the thing that we study the most, right? Is the thing that makes most people more stressed. And if if it's all if it's on your thoughts all the time, it's on your mind. You can say symbol symbol symbolically. Uh, it is yeah. it's written on you, right? Yeah. Now, when you put a human being in a state of stress with money, what it means is that they don't have time to work on themselves. They right. don't have time to read books. They don't have time to um, meditate. They don't have time to go inside and work on themselves. Gain more there's, knowledge. There's just not. There's just not. There's just. There's just, there's just no time because you're. They're just hustling for money. Then you get a family. Did, did our, what did our good God say in the Bible too? The good God, He said, "My people will perish for lack of knowledge." Yep. Christ said, for my people suffer from the lack of knowledge. Yep. And not only suffer, but they will perish. Yeah. Right. You know? And, and and this system is by design because if you if you make people just think about money all the time and just hustling, 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 they neglect themselves, they can neglect their family, their partners, etc. Yep. And what's going to happen is that it becomes your God, right? It becomes your God. And Absolutely. In, in some respects, many people today worship money. They may not God. Uh huh. They may not openly or knowingly know, but they do. And I have heard many stories of people that have done some really adventurous things like travel the world with little to no money. And they've all said that they just always had enough. They would do this little odd job, do this favor for someone, do this, do that, and they would just have exactly enough. And this is one of the things that I've been learning this year is to just let go. Dude, let go I, of the you, I, I don't have a lot of money, right? I have enough to get by and I have a little padding. I have a, a little bit of a cushion in case of emergency. And I'm fucking happy. I don't need a lot of money to be happy. I have that fire inside that keeps me going to do this podcast, to get these very important discussions to go out there. If I make money from it or not, that's not my goal. It would be nice, but it's not my goal. I do it for the pure passion and the fire inside of me. But this is the thing, right? A lot of this is this is what I'm going to share is a, a, a consciousness and a, and a distinction that most humans fail to recognize. If you want to be truly rich, truly abundant, you need to give first. Yeah. We always are looking to take and exploit. But when you read, um, like, um, the, the books of St. Germain, he says clearly that if you, if you give more, the universe will give you more than you had. Mm-hmm. And then when you understand this concept and logic, you, you want to give more and more and more. And then what's going to happen is that as you keep giving more, you can keep getting more to the point where you can be like, just trying to find out how can I give more? I've already given and there's no one to give right but your intention must be to give because 
this is what I tell um, girls sometimes. I says, I cannot demand from you to treat me well. I need to treat you well first. Mm-hmm. Because I can't demand something of you that I don't already give. Right. That is being hypocritical. I'm demanding yeah. you give me something, but then I'm waiting for you to give me something back. No. Right. I'll give you first. If I see that you're not um, replicating or reciprocating, yeah. Then I would stop giving because I'm not an idiot where I'm just going to keep giving and don't receive anything. Yeah, you can't be but... a simp, right? <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> but you must give first. You must give first because I was talking to this girl here recently and um, she was traveling and I cooked my food on a Sunday. So I know that because she's a gym girl like me. So she, I knew that for us gym people, food is always the thing. So I knew that because she was coming home late, um, she wouldn't have. She would literally have no time to to to, to cook and all that stuff. So I told her, "Hey, uh, don't worry. I'll just put in some extra in the pot, and I'll give you some that when you come in Sunday night, you can carry to work Monday, and it will give you a chance. Then Monday evening, you could catch back up." She looked at me like I was mad. She said, "But you don't really know me. What would you do?" I said, "But it doesn't cost me anything to to be nice to you. Sure. You no, know, I can't. I can't. I can't demand you treat me nice or well if mm-hmm. I'm not prepared to offer it first." Now, if I see you're not reciprocating, then obviously you withdraw. But exactly. You, you must give first. It's not that you give to get, but what will happen is that if you don't give, you can never receive. And I rem- one of my mentors, he he's very, very wealthy. And he said to me that when you become very rich, because he's a multimillionaire, he says that, you must be always be willing to help someone if they want help, right? Now, is a thin line between um, people that want to take advantage of you or people that genuinely, honestly, sincerely want help. Sure. And he said to me is that when you, when you start to become a multimillionaire, you realize that you, you because you tapped into something, you must keep giving without expecting. And he says that when you do that, the universe always will give you the right contacts, always will give you the right deals, always put you in a situation where you can you can you can increase your wealth. But it starts with you giving first. Uh, I recently that's like that old saying: uh, "It takes money to make money." Aye, and I recently went to um, to London on holiday, and as I was coming out the supermarket. Um, this this guy, he came up to me and he wanted me to um, he he wanted to ask me for money. Now the default that I had was like ah, another beggar. But then he says no, I want I want to buy some food to eat, right? Can you help me buy some food? I, I have no problems with people asking me for money. Like if I have it, I'll give it give it to them. No, this is the thing, right? I walked away and then I remember exactly. What my mentor, what the guy that I told you told me. And I walked back and I said, Hey, you want something to eat? He said, Yeah, that'd be great. And he was not like a bum or nothing, you know. He just said to me, Look, I'm on benefits, but uh, my benefits just cover just to live, not even to buy food. I was like, Damn. Mm. So I went, bought him something. It didn't cost me a lot of money. You know, I mean, three pounds fifty or something like that. And I came back and so I, I bought the food for him. And then as I was walking out, I was like, you know what? That that was a good thing to do. Because I, I had walked away 
And then suddenly stopped me and I heard his voice. He said to me, Todd, if you want to be truly, truly wealthy and live in true abundance, you must give, you must help. Mm-hmm. I, I walked back that. and I helped him. And you would not believe, right? I came back home and the money that I spent, I made like maybe a thousand times more than what I spent on him. Because he said to me, Todd, that's a very good thing you do. And I guarantee you, I'm telling you now, you will be repaid for that, just for that one out of kindness. And two weeks later, I was like, damn, he was right. Yeah. And I was like, okay, confirmed, confirmed. I will but- do my best to help all the time because you cannot demand something from someone if you don't already prepare to give it or give and- it. And Todd, honestly, not even on just this plane of existence that we're in, you know, Jesus said that like, um, you know, the, don't store up your treasures here on earth, but True. store them up in, te- in heaven. Like if you don't receive back what you've given here on this plane, you'll receive it tenfold in heaven. Correct. In the higher plane of existence. Correct. Right? So I don't, I, I, I haven't really gotten a whole lot back like money wise for what I've, for, for what I've given to people, but I love helping people out and I don't look at it. I don't expect anything in return. That's my thing. But I do know that through what Jesus said is that the riches that I've stored up here are nothing. They're much greater in heaven. This is very true. And we've been systematically taught how to worship the flesh and to worship things through attachments to these things. Yeah. We can't take the things. We can't take things that we, that we've received here when we go up into heaven. No, when we pass from this flesh, we can't take our Ferrari. We can't take our Mustang or our mansion that we got here. We oh, can't take that when, when we go. It's gone. It's, it's, it's staying here. You know? Absolutely. So that's why I'm, I've, when I split up with my last relationship, I, uh, I put a lot of my stuff in storage, stuff that I valued like sentimentally. Not necessarily, didn't necessarily uh, value a whole lot monetarily. But it hurt at first, but now I'm able to live with much less. And uh, I'm okay with it, you know? Yeah, it, this is the thing, right? Like, even in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna t- says that one of the biggest causes for human suffering is attachments. And attachments to yeah. things. Yeah. And there's a story in the Bhagavad Gita where he um, talks to his student Arjuna and he says to Arjuna that you see that piece of gold, that lump of gold, you need to be able to look at that lump of gold the exact same way that you look at a lump of rock or a normal rock. Mm. And it's in through your detachment of wanting to hold on to that gold is what will help give you your freedom because we're all trapped um, by our things through these attachments. And this is why, like, 
you think like social media now is very good at doing that where we've become addicted now to this to our phones social media mm-hmm. and the image that that we see from other people you know yeah. and i excuse me i can almost guarantee you that most of the people that are on instagram that are trying to portray this fantastic life they live in are very lonely sad and depressed yeah, I can absolutely. Almost, almost guarantee it, dude. Right? I fucking see it all the time with coworkers, man. They look so fucking beautiful. They want to portray this false reality that they that they're portraying on social media, but then you talk to them and they're like, "Dave, I don't know what to do. I'm so depressed." And I'm like, "Why are you so depressed? Look at you." You're beautiful and you're a fucking amazing person. Why are you so depressed? You know, but they're but they're portraying themselves as something much greater on social media. Dude, I like what's saw, the point of that? I saw this firsthand about three years ago. I dated a Spanish girl, <clears throat> very, very good looking girl. And I remember uh, a night she spent a night with me, and then she just started crying, like, in the middle of the freaking night. I was like, what's up with you? So she told me, you know, what's going on, yada, yada, yada. And then when I saw her social media profile, dude, she portrays that she is so happy. Everything in her life is great. She's traveling, you know what I mean? Just putting on all these, like, erotic pictures and stuff. And that's when I saw... Like first hand, I was like, "Wow, this is all this is all BS, man." Yeah, like, it, you know what I mean. Like, she just just start crying in middle of the night, telling me how sad she is, and yada yada yada. I'm like, "Wow." So this is why I can categorically say, and then because like I use social media all the time and I talk to many people, I can see that the the corruption of man, the worshiping of the flesh. The vanity. Vanity is vanity. huge right now. That's Dude. one of the fucking levels. worst out there, man. Levels, man. The, le- the levels of vanity is extraordinary, you know? And I just don't understand it. Like, I told somebody the other day, I said, you don't need that all that makeup. Like, you take that makeup off, and you're so much more beautiful in my eyes. You know? Man, today we have... We have a, 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 a identity crisis. We have a situation where people don't see themselves as being good enough, worthy, yeah. yep. and all of that, right? And this is why I think that one of the biggest destructions of the system is going to come through the identity crisis because... Yes, we know the state is going to be is going to do its thing and become more authoritarian, but when people wake up to that fact and then they realize that they are allowing this to happen through their thoughts, their beliefs about themselves, it's going to absolutely destroy them, destroy yeah. them to the point where like some people can just commit suicide because this journey and this path that we have to take. Uh, like Christ said, the path is narrow and few find it. 
Buddha yes. says, yeah. Buddha says you need to take the middle way, right? And what happens is that you have to strip away a lot of layers of yourself because the image of the self that we've created is just a an illusion. It's a hologram. It's based, it's based on the illusion that uh, of the time uh, of what we're living in through the satanic agenda. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we need to start to do the hard things when it is easy and yeah. not wait until the times are hard to do the hard thing. Because right now, you can yeah, see you've, that we're... You've touched on this uh, last episode, I believe. Yeah. You know, where we are at now, yes, it is hard. It is going to be a lonely path. It's going to feel like it's going to kill you. But guess what? It's actually not going to kill you because it's going to make you stronger. It's going to make you more, give you more belief in yourself to realize that you are not as good as a person as you think you are. That's the first thing that you have to realize. Mm -hmm. Then what you need to do now is to, to, to remove all the things that don't add value to you, whether it is a country or a place or a person or food you're eating or drinking loads, 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 drugs, whatever. Mm -hmm. Only you know what is not serving you. Yeah, and yeah. Because that looks different for everyone. And right now you could say that we're in relative peace times, you know, we're not dodging bombs to go to the right. supermarket. We're not dodging bullets, you know, for the most part of us, you know, well, most yeah, of the like hemisphere. These things right now, while it's easy, because in the very near future, I would say in the next uh, 12 years or like eight years, it's going to get a lot more difficult for these things. This is it. Yeah. So yeah. If you wait to do the hard things when it is hard to do, you're going to be more unlikely to try to do them. But now when you think, think that it's easy to do, but it's still hard, it, it will give you enough time and space in order to work on yourself. Because this is this is where Jesus said, "Keep your lamps filled with oil," because yes. when the time comes and you you're out of oil, you're not going to be able to get it. Correct, correct, correct. And replenishing your lanterns with oil is symbology for you to be working on yourself. Absolutely, you to removing removing your your fears and traumas, because these are the things that will condemn you and cause you to have to repeat this system again. And anyone that is honest with themselves would have to admit that they don't really want to come back to this type of living. This is not living. This is just surviving. You know, we, we are infinite, ultimate beings that can create and manifest anything at will. We can, Todd, we, we, we can produce magic, you know? Yeah, Todd, this is why people tend to shun people like you and I because they don't want to come to grips with what the truth is that, you know, when Jack Nicholson said in a few good men, you can't handle the truth. A lot of people can't handle the truth. They can't handle the fact that they, there needs to be a change in their lives. And this society has made it very difficult for people to embrace change. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. People, people today, we, we, we're in the lowest state of vibration that we could be in. I mean, yeah, but there's people like us that are, that are changing things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like my daily life at work, people tend to gravitate towards me and ask questions because it's, it's almost as if they see what I have going on in my life. They see it and they're like, and I'm not like, I don't have the best living environment. I don't have the best job. I don't have a Ferrari or this and that, but people still come to me because they sense that I have some kind of a different grasp on reality and they question me about a lot of things. And I love that. I had an email this morning. I woke up to an email and this is a shout out because I know they're listening. Uh, This person's name is irrelevant. I'm not going to say the name just out of respect, but this person lives in Hawaii and they said, they gave me so many nice compliments. Like, and they said, I've been listening to you and a lot of the other podcasters that you involve yourself with, but I feel that I'm, I feel that I, I relate to you um, more so than others that you're involved with. And they said, um, you know, like keep doing what you're doing because like, this is, it's amazing what you're doing. And, you know, it's, it's just like really sweet, you know? And I emailed back to them and I said, that was such an awesome email. I don't get a lot of emails, but if you want to come on the show, you're more than welcome. I would absolutely love to have you on. Um, but it was just super sweet to see that, you know? And it's like, it makes me think that I'm impacting a lot more people that probably don't want to speak up to me for some reason. I'm very open to anybody that wants to communicate with me. I never shun shun people away from me. I'm I'm always welcoming. Like I welcome people with open arms. Um, And that's to me, I think that's what it's all about. It's like, if, if I get to like a point where like, it's like I have like 60,000 followers or whatever the fuck it is. And I can't do, I can't communicate with all my listeners. I probably don't want to be there, you know, because I want to be on the level where I can still be personable with the people that are listening to my show. Sorry. That was just a little tangent I had. Yeah, no, that's, that's fair. Cause you just have to employ a team <laughs> to go through your emails, man. To say, yeah, go through my emails. If, if something sticks out, let me know, and I will personally personally contact them, you know? But that's how it is, man. Like, I, I just feel like the more that I put myself out there, the more I want to receive, but also I want to give more. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's 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 kind of hard to describe, but I just love people in general. I've always been a people person. Uh, my ex told me I should have been a salesman. 
mm-hmm. but I don't like being a salesman because that would mean that I would have to promote a product that I don't want to promote. <laughs> you know? Fair enough. So here's me doing my own thing. Yeah. You know? It's my little give back to the world. Well, the, the, the thing is that uh, real happiness comes through service of others mm-hmm. and also like being you know independent that you can make your own choices and decisions and stuff because what what we've been we live in a in a in a in a matrix that is very oppressive and forces us to to do what it wants through conformity and then that end up create ends up creating group think right and if you are out of the group think the herd mentality the live mind then you are seen as the odd man out. Now, I always tell people, if you see everyone doing something, you may want to do the opposite because the herd never gets it right, you know? I tell you, Todd, I almost called you Ted. (laughs) Todd, I tell you, man, like from the day that I was born, I grew up with three older brothers and an older sister, and they're all halves from my mom's previous marriage. And... I was listening to rock and roll, metal, uh, soft music, because my sister was more into the soft stuff or the dancey stuff. But I would go to school in kindergarten in grade one and grade two, and I'd be like reading like Metal Edge magazine, which was like metal music, right? And all these kids were listening to like pop music. And I was like, what the fuck are you guys listening to? <laughs> you know? So I was always that one that was against the grain. And I think that has, that says a lot for people like you and I, I think the people that are awake to uh, truth have always been independent in thought and never uh, joining a click. I never joined a click in high school. There was always a click. There was the jocks, there was the nerds, there was the, uh, you know, the colored people in uh, the brown hall, we called it, where the black people hung out. But every time I would walk through each hallway where everybody had their own thing going on, their click, they would welcome me. They would say, hey, Dave, what's going on, you know? It's so fucking strange, man. Like, going full circle in my life, thinking about, how I was never part of any kind of group, but I was still not looked at as an outcast because I treated everybody with respect. You know? I think it's fair to say that most independent thinkers now have never, I guess I never, but have hardly um, been in a group um, like you were describing because I certainly wasn't like in a clique or a group per se. Um, maybe that's one of the reasons why I think so differently because right. I just refuse to think like everyone else, you know? Because That's my point. Like I never thought like, I never saw the appeal of having to like join a club or, or be a part of something that I'm not, you know? Yeah, I get you. I completely get you. Yeah. The thing is, the 
the challenge with that is that you don't really have many friends. You don't have many people you can really, really talk to because most people today, they're just living a lie. And, you know, I would encourage people to read the book called The People of the Lie. And it's a really good book. The People of the uh, Lie. Uh-huh. Interesting. Uh, yeah. And basically, people will do anything just to conform. Yeah, people will do anything to to be a part of something. Mm. And I don't I never understood that throughout my entire life. Well, I look- never like I had my group of friends and we I think a lot of my friends growing up and through high school and beyond were they never really conformed to a certain group. It's really strange, man. Like thinking about like my life choices and everything throughout the past and how I am today. Like I'm still the same person and I, I, I could never get into the cult mentality of anything. I, I just, I don't, I never bought into it. The thing is, right. Is that look at what we have today. You had a, a, a psychological operation on the entire planet where people were seeing who could be the best at complying because they just wanted to be in a group where they accepted everyone else, right? And and look at me, I'm wearing my mask and my shield and my two players of gloves. I'm a hero. And another mask, you know what I'm saying? I'm a hero because I'm saving other people's lives by taking these jabs and wearing a mask. You know what I mean? And people don't even, it doesn't even register in people's brains to think, hold on a minute, if these jabs are supposed to protect me, then if once I take them, that's it, I'm good. Yeah. So if if, if I take them and I can still get sick, question mark, supposedly, um, then how is that possible? But people don't don't understand that it's all, it's all smoke and mirrors because what I do think has really happened is that our overlords know about the placebo and the nocebo effect. And the placebo effect uh, is one that you can give someone a saline solution or a sugar pill or whatever and tell them that this is the thing and that they will get better. Mind triggering. Right. And then you have the nocebo effect where now you, you keep using fear to tell people that they can die, they can get sick, you know what I mean? They're not going to make it. Things are really, really bad. And then this is what happens, right? And people are getting worse. And Joe Dispenza describes this in his book very, very, very well, uh, very well, um, called the How to Be uh, Superhuman. And there was a, a case in there that he referenced and I think it was like quite old. It was probably like 1957 or something like that. But anyway, I could be wrong on that date. Probably written by but, a Nazi. <laughs> no, <laughs> 57. But listen to this case, right? Just to show you how powerful the mind is. So this guy, uh, he went to the doctor for a checkup. And during his checkup, his doctor um, diagnosed him with, with cancer. So the guy didn't really have symptoms. He didn't have symptoms before that he had cancer. 
this was just a checkup that he went to to have, and um, this was in June. Let me so let they, me guess. Let me guess the story. Go on. He started getting all sorts of fucking uh, symptoms and tumors because he got the seed planted into his mind that he has cancer. Yes. Yeah. So what happened is that after he went to the doctor for the checkup, um, he um, he started to like get really, really bad, right? And there was this like um, experimental drug that um, they were they was on the market, but it was only available for people that would be say three months uh, from from terminally ill, you know, that he would die. Mm-hmm. He had six, so he was he didn't qualify, right? So anyway, he begged his doctor, and um, his doctor knew about the placebo effect, and he gave him some saline solution. So as soon as he got the uh, the saline solution, he started to improve, and his supposed quotation marks cancer was started to like really really reduce. So anyway. Um, a few weeks later, uh, the FDA um, said that they're going to take this. I know they brought a report and said that this drug, supposed drug to treat cancer, wasn't fit for purpose. And when the guy heard that, all of his symptoms, uh, he started to get worse. So he went back to the doctor. And the doctor said, okay, don't worry. I'm going to give you the super duper clean, pure, pure version. The doctor knew he couldn't get it, but again, he gave him the saline solution. <laughs> right. so just after um, he gave it to him, the guy started to improve. Everything was going good. You know, he was in remission again. And uh, excuse me. So when he had spoken to his doctor in June, he told his doctor, I just want to live to, uh, until Christmas to spend a Christmas with my family. And if I die after that, then so be it, right? Mm-hmm. All he wanted to do was make it to Christmas. So he, he got the, the second saline solution shot. And basically just after Christmas. So he spent Christmas with his family just after Christmas. Um, the FDA took the company and the directors to court. And they said that they're going to be charged for fraud because this product doesn't work. Two days later, the guy got sick and he went to the hospital. Is that a two or three days? And he died. But listen to the kicker. So when they did the autopsy of the guy, he was misdiagnosed. He never had cancer. Holy fuck. uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. So he actually killed himself with his thoughts. So this is that, why I, that's levels. I know that it's is levels. fucking deep, man. So this is why I tell people all the time that your thoughts can heal you or your thoughts can make you sick. Your thoughts can save you or your thoughts can condemn you. And then Joe Dispenza, he shows many cases where people died because they just gave up in the yeah. sense that. Yeah. They, they, they just thought they're going to die, and that's it. There are cases of people that got a placebo for chemotherapy, and they told them that um, <clears throat> these drugs 
could make you lose your hair, could make you nauseous, make you sick, etc., etc. And in some, in, in I think in one case, forty-five minutes after receiving the placebo, well, he this was the nocebo effect, right? But it was a placebo where it was saline solution. The person started to get sick, like had they received chemo. <coughs> so it just goes to show you how powerful the mind is. This is what sure. I tell people that we are God. All of us are God. I am God. You are God. The plants are God. The trees are God. The ocean is God. Everything is God. And when you understand that, you re- you, you you understand that you create your own reality. It's a and very comforting like, thought. Your thoughts are king. Yeah. Your thoughts create. First, you create your thoughts. That's the anointing. Create. That's the anointing of Christ. Yes. Yeah. To realize First, that we shouldn't be worshiping Christ. We should just be come to, coming to the realization that we are the Christ. We are the beings of light. Exactly. This is why I read the high priestly prayer for you because he, he, he clearly said that he is one with the father and that we are one with him. And therefore we are one in the father because he's in the father and the father is in us. Right. And this is not some fucking woo woo new age spirituality bullshit. This is real shit right here. But yes, it is because this is even older than Christ because Christ went yeah. to various places to learn the stuff that he learned. Mm-hmm. One, one of the places he went to was in Egypt. And one of the gods of Egypt was called Thoth, Thoth the Atlantean, because he was the one that taught us um, <clears throat> the emerald tablets. Yep, he taught us writing, he taught us vegetation, he taught us. Um, These are from previous global resets, by the way. Yes. So Thoth the Atlantean in his emerald tablet says, "I Thoth the Atlantean, great builder of the." Uh, of the pyramid in Giza, right? Well, it says in land of Cam, and Cam is really Egypt, and we know it's the pyramid. This is where Cam come, means the land of the black, and this is where chemistry comes from. This is mm. where alchemy comes from, and this is where algebra comes from, because he was the teacher of science and mathematics. <coughs> Sorry. And we know that he... Um, called himself the son of man hmm who else used to call himself the son of man right christ so this this consciousness and this knowledge is it's nothing new under the sun nope it's far older than we understand because yes christ came and he taught us the way and but the message that he came with was the same message that thoth had Thoth used to tell us about watching our thoughts and feelings, you know, watching, um, putting ourselves in boxes, having box thinking. This way he said, you don't move in. He said, beware of the dark brothers for they move in angles and corners. And in order to avoid being captured and, and trapped by them, you need to move in arcs and circles. So what that means is that if there's something that someone says to you, don't dismiss it. 
because you don't necessarily know if it's true because it's something new that you're hearing. But don't take what it as you, absolute truth either. Well, absolutely. What you do is you go around it. So you, instead of putting it in a box <coughs> and having dogma, <coughs> take it, make it part of your truth, but don't believe it wholeheartedly. Yes, and I'm gonna in, I'm gonna level that uh, that comment up. You put it on the shelf, and you go around it. Because when you go around it, it means that if you go in arcs and circles, you go around it in a circular manner. You can always go back on yourself if it's in a circle or an arc, and get to that thing. And if right. you put it on the shelf, <coughs> sorry, it means that you don't dismiss it. Right. Mm-hmm. If you come across new information or you get a download from the universe, whatever, and you realize that this thing is true because you just put it on a shelf, you can take that thing off the shelf. Yeah. And then it will become your truth at the, at the time. Right. And so, this is what I say all the time. I say, people have asked me numerous times. Do you actually believe in like flat earth or, you know, like the, the most controversial topics, right? Do you actually believe that shit that you talk about on your podcast? I said, I always say, I'm not married to any idea, but I look at it and study it and I'm like, could be possible but at the same time i'm not going to dismiss any fucking uh angle of what anybody is saying right i'm gonna i'm gonna take it and put it in my hard drive and assess it uh where 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 i have to you know like uh just like the analogy of you saying put it on the shelf and look at it later and if it doesn't jive with what you what you, um, how you view the world at, at this point in time, then don't look at it. Leave it on the shelf, right? But I'm not going to dismiss it, like you said. The thing is with, with flat Earth is that there's the. I personally think that is a psyop. I don't have proof of that by just looking at the, the 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 attributes of it because. Whether you believe in the heliocentric model or the flat earth model, what that's doing is that that's separating man, right? Sure. And that is causing division amongst yeah, men. Definitely. So I think personally that the flat earth is a psyop. Albeit with that being said, the, the Bible heliocentric- does talk about the earth being flat and the four corners of the world. No, there's the thing. Remember who wrote the Bible? Right. Yeah. So people, people who were quote unquote um, inspired by the Holy Spirit of God. What well, is the thing? The all these books, they having good information, but they they have the truth and they lie at the same time. So what that means is that you have to have discernment to be able to to to, to discern which is truth or which is not. Now, the heliocentric model of the Earth, from what they give us, does not work. 
it does not appear to be correct, right? Now, what I do think is that we have planets that I have, well, I've, I've looked through a telescope and like you can see Saturn's rings and Saturn looks round, right? And the moon looks round, the sun looks round. So why would the earth be flat? But at the same time, because water always goes to um, level, um, you can argue that the earth is flat. But I'm going to play devil's advocate here, and I'm going to say, what if the earth were both flat and round at the same time? Because suppose, again, I'm just playing devil's advocate here because I'm not married to either. I do think the heliocentric model is flawed, but I don't know if it is round or flat. But what I would say is that, say suppose the plane that we live on is the flat part, right? And that is on the top because I I have I, I have come across information that indicates that the earth is probably a toroid. So it would have wrong sides and I don't want to say flat necessarily, but you could say like flat a, top like and bottom. A, like a cone maybe? Not a cone, but a, a, a flat <laughs> surface in a sense because it has an entry point, right? <clears throat> sure. Because we do know that there's an entry point into the earth because through Admiral Byrd's diaries, he went into the inner earth and he met beings in there and he was, this was in 1947, and he was a decorated three-star general. Right? Yeah. And he met in beings that were 12 foot tall and they had um, ships that they call fugal rods. And he said that basically aliens fought on both sides of the in the Second World War, some fought on the side of the Axis powers, and some fought on the Allied forces, right? And he said that when he went into the inner earth through Antarctica, that there is uh, an entry in the earth. You're, there's also supposed to be an entry in the Arctic as well. So there are two entries into the earth, in the inner earth, the Arctic and the Antarctic. So my me playing devil's advocate here, what if the earth, well, look, so when they say the top of the earth is flat, as the flat earthers would believe, and Antarctica and the Arctic are just entry points into that uh, inner earth, and we've, we've never actually, like, left the earth in the sense where, like, to actually see if it's wrong or not, because none, not even the flat earthers have actually uh, been in a spaceship, went out the Earth's atmosphere to have a look and see what it looks like, right? Sure, which is why right. I'm not married to either right. ideal, yeah. So people will be making videos on YouTube and Bit Shoot and Odyssey, etc., being very, very rigid in their um, their beliefs, like I said. Mm -hmm. Beware of the dark Dogmatic. brothers because they move. Dogmatic. Correct. They move in arcs. They move in uh, corners and angles. And what you're doing without actually having physical evidence, i.e. going out, going high enough in the sky to look down on the earth to see what it looks like. Because yeah. let's say that the flat earth is right and that the, the continent is all flat. Okay. Now, what about the other planets? Right? How come do those look round? And the Earth is just 
completely different where um, it's flat. This is what I think is probably both flat and round. So we could probably have something under the the, the, the flat earth, right? Like a roundish because a, a, a toroid um, has basically like a flat surface on the top and bottom and it's round on the outsides. Um, maybe we've never even seen the outsides, but the outsides could be there, right? So that means then that the flat earthers could say, yeah, we are right. But then the people that believe in the heliocentric model or Earth that's round could say they're also right, which is why I think it's a psyop. I think it's probably both sure. flat and round, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like a combination of the two. Two. So I basically, right, I say that to say that they both could be right, but both of them could not have the absolute truth. Because sure. if I'm looking at, I don't know, say a mobile phone from the front, the mobile phone has a black screen. But you're looking at the back of the phone, and the black at the back of the phone is red, for example. Who's telling the truth? You or I? Right. Both of us. Because on my side, the screen is black. So I would say that. Dude, is everything black. is a fucking division tactic, man. And then everything. The, and then on the back side, you're seeing red. So you're saying, no, yeah. the phone is red. But in actual fact, both of us are telling the truth. Right, right. But we don't have the entire truth, if that makes sense. Yeah, So this absolutely. is why I say, look, until the, the round earthers or the flat earthers go high enough to see, it's just speculation. Yeah. This is why I, like I said, the, what I have discovered is that it is possible that the earth is a toroid, right? And if it is a toroid, excuse me, both sides are right, but they're not actually saying that's a toroid. So for me, I don't take a side. What I do know is that the heliocentric model that they give us doesn't work. And what we do know is that the arc, the curvature of the earth and what they tell us is not exactly what they tell us, right? Sure. So I think that what I do is I just ignore that whole dialogue, that whole conversation, because I think it sows division. I think it takes you away from uh, searching for the kingdom of in. I yeah, think it takes yeah. you away from doing the work on yourself because Definitely. you're making dogmatic statements. Yeah. And no one on earth, except the people that control this information, knows exactly what it is. Dude, it could shape like a freaking bottle. Who knows? I'm Correct? telling you, I, I said it could be <laughs> shaped like a pear. I don't fucking know because I haven't been high enough to see it for myself. And I don't think anybody else has, you know? So don't get too fucking dug into your beliefs because every fucking belief system, in my opinion, is a cult. And if you're in a cult, you have dogmatic beliefs. And dogma is the enemy. Dogma is the enemy of freedom, right? Yes. So stay strong and... Don't be married to any idea. Keep your fucking mind open because if your mind is not open, it's like a parachute. If your mind's not open, it doesn't work. True. True. Right? Frank yeah, Zappa. Yeah. That's my favorite quote by Frank Zappa. And uh, yeah, dude, I think that's a good way to end off the show. I didn't mean to get so into flat earth thing, but no, no, it, no, it, but... it does fucking resonate with 
everything that we've discussed throughout this whole episode. So, yes, because again, right? You see, the problem that we have in the world is that people live in too much dogma. Mm-hmm. People live in dogma of necessary of the Bible or the Torah or the Quran. They believe not even, in dogma. Not even that, but the dogma of like being a fan of like movie or Fauci. <laughs> yeah, anything, anything can become dogmatic if Correct. you if you um you know you 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 marry yourself to these ideals. And this is why I, I'm very glad that you brought up the flat earth because I've never had the opportunity to really talk about it. And I try to stay very um, in the middle of it, very neutral because I don't sure, me too. one one or the other. But I have had people that even when I've taken that position have been so dogmatic with me, but they don't realize that they don't actually have physical proof. They've never been high enough in the sky to see. So and and the fa- the so-called facts that they dish out on it you could you could have there's evidence for both sides. So why are you so married to your own ideal? But this is it, right? And this is why I was very um clear when I said that it causes division cuz I'm just looking at the yep. attributes of it and it causes division. Now, like I said, it's good to be skeptical and to, you know, to doubt certain things because they control all information. But at the same time, you, like, you know what I mean? Christ said, don't take a side. You know what I mean? You yeah. can't take a side on this thing. You need to be just neutral. So when you see everything fall into pot, you just, oh, okay, that's interesting. I just keep yeah. going. Just keep doing your thing because it, it, if you get held up, it means then that you can get basically caught up in the 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 doctrine the the dogma and you don't want that you want to be very free and light that's why christ says my lord is light and my yoke is easy you know it is it is i I, i've learned that over the years you know and the yoke is the yoke is not being married to any ideal correct correct yeah until and until we we start doing that it means then that we will keep condemning ourselves. And this is why I repeat again, we need to do the hard work on ourselves when it's easy instead of waiting to do the hard work when it's hard to do. We need to forgive ourselves from our fears and traumas and we need to become Christ because all of us are God. All of us make up the, the, the whole body of God, right? And until, we, and until we realize our divinity, we will keep arguing and squabbling over things that really add no value you know just fucking love people man love them love them kill them kill them with kindness bro absolutely you know i think that's a great way to end off uh do you want to plug anything todd well um we didn't say this in the beginning but while i do talk about these things and i love talking about them I'm also um, an online fitness trainer. So uh, I help spiritually inclined people burn fat and build muscle. <clears throat> and one of the reasons why my students get great results is because I don't just uh, coach their body, I coach their minds. Because the mind, the body achieves what the mind believes. So I help the them mind, to... The mind is the battlefield. Right. The battle is actually won in the mind, right? 
So what I try to do is I try to hold up a mirror so that my students can look at themselves in the mirror, um, you know, figuratively, and they can do some of this hard work on themselves. And, um, you know, because we know that by getting in shape, you actually create new habits. And when you create new habits, uh, you create new neurons in the brain. And we know that neurons that fire together, wire together. So if you are, especially this time of the year, if you are struggling to not put on the normal three to eight kilos of fat at this time of year, and you think you have what it takes, and you're ready to get into the best shape of your life, learn some cool new skills, and to also learn some of the things that I, talk, I spoke about on this podcast, uh, you can find me on Instagram at Adriano underscore 246. Or if you use Facebook, you can find me on Facebook with my name, Todd, T-O-D-D-C-A-V-E. And I'm looking forward to chatting with um, any of your followers. And if you have any questions as well, any books and sources that I can point you, I have read, uh, I can point you in the right direction to learn some of these things. You can also reach out to me as, uh, as well. So again, at Adriano underscore 246 or Todd Cave on Facebook. And I'm looking forward to having a chat and help you to get into the best shape of your life because time is awfully short. And, you know, if you want to uh, level up yourself in all forms, you need to get your body in shape because when you do that, you raise your internal vibration, which means that you'll be more open to learning new things and to receiving um, a new set of truth because, We've been lied to. We've been systematically, is the better word to use, systematically been lied to. And nothing yeah. in this world is real. Forget um, systematic racism. It's the system, <laughs> systematic lies are all over the place. Systematic indoctrination, you know? Yeah. So uh, I would help put you on the right direction. And I'm um, looking forward to, to chatting you. And also chatting to you again sometime, Davey. Hell yeah, dude. We'll do it again. I mean... I, I, I told you initially that this was probably only going to be an hour or under an hour, but look, look what we did over two hours. <laughs> <laughs> and it's great, man. I, I highly enjoyed it. I, I highly appreciate your time. And uh, <clears throat> God bless you, man. Same to you, my not, friend. Not God, but God. The, 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 <laughs> the, the ultimate creator, the spirit, spiritual the actual real spirit where we came from the consciousness the great spirit yes the great spirit is above all and uh thank you so much man and you have a good night yeah you too my friend cool take it easy man bye cheers Thank you once again for listening to the Red Pill Cartel. This is your favorite goat speaking, Mr. Nigel the Goat. Uh, Davy, uh, what did you think of that episode with Todd? Uh, he brought the fire again, Nigel. Did you enjoy it? Yes, uh, very much so. You know, it uh, helps us to understand uh, the confusion that is in that great holy book, you know? And, uh... Yeah, he's a very smart guy. He He's done his uh, due diligence and his research to figure out who the loving God is. Absolutely. Todd, we love you, man. Thank you for coming out again. Yes, Todd. Thank you very much. And uh, Cartel, uh, we, uh, 
we will see you again on the flip-flop. You know, the uh, flippity-floppity? Yeah, so we love you very much, and we hope you are still enjoying the Red Pill Cartel. Nigel the Goat, out. <laughs>